Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I am Andy Wood. With me, as always, is Brooks Whelan. Okay. And Matt Kershen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to go with a more conventional greeting there. Okay. I'm not sure what uh, what Brooks' preoccupation know. is tonight. saying okay. Okay. That's how it's going to be tonight, I guess. Uh, we're doing a late night record in the backyard here, Bluebell Ranch. My place. And who, who's our special guest, Andy Wood? Funny you should ask, because uh, listeners may not know that I spent a long time in Portland, Oregon. That's where I started doing comedy. I lived there about nine years. And I had the pleasure of, of sharing many a stage with our, our guest tonight, who is a great comedian who also moved down here from Portland recently. And he's the only comic ever to win the Seattle International Comedy Competition and the San Francisco International Comedy Competition in the same year. And that was, I believe, two years ago. His name is Augie Smith. Hello, Andy. <laughs> he's also from the British, Little Britain in Portland. It's a he's little from, neighborhood. He's from Britain in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, from an Ealing comedy. He just came <laughs> just, over He came over to clean out my chimney, actually. Yeah. We thought we'd get him on the podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Him and Alastair Sim were over. <laughs> <laughs> so Augie actually moved in, coincidentally, mere blocks from my house. That's right. Here in the San Fernando Valley. And uh, we've we've had some we've had some good times already. It's going to be a good. What what are your uh, scientific backgrounds? It's a question we like your to ask. Multiple backgrounds. Guess. What's your scientific background? Well, I live amongst science all day long. Ooh. Around me, organic things are constantly happening. That's true. I, I like to think that you are affected by gravity. Uh, beyond that, there is no background <laughs> to speak of. Uh, but I'm, isn't that enough? I can barely read or write. I started doing stand-up out of high school, so I never okay. went to college. And uh, I probably have nothing to add <laughs> to any of this. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say I can barely read or write, like read a periodic table, but no, it was just read. No, just, just in read. General. Just, yeah, just in read. general. Yeah. So, I, I can't read that table all the time. Just, <laughs> you try to actually it. read it. You're like, this. these words are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fit in any you order. You're making <laughs> abbreviations, man. <laughs> what the hell does a mean? Yeah. Speaking of actual periodic table elements, last week we were talking about Andrew W.K. and and our guest Howard Kramer asked us what would what would WK what would that be? I don't know how I didn't come up with it'd be tungsten potassium. Tungsten is W. Uh, Tungsten's W. You know why I know that? I will never forget really? that. Is because I was I, I tried out for Teen Jeopardy in nineteen ninety three. I did too. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. See, I, I, one of my loves is, is trivia and uh, thinking that I'm smarter than everyone else. So, of course, you see Teen Jeopardy on TV, you're like, this is not hard. I could do yeah, this. Right. But, of course, the trial question is much, much harder yes. than what uh, – so what, you want to tell your experience first and then I'll tell why I know. Well, I, I, when I was uh, 17 years old, I wanted to be on Teen Jeopardy and they came through Billings, Montana. So I wait in line then I take the test. But I was three days too old. I was going to turn uh, 18, so I had to take the adult test. Oh, fuck. did not do that. <laughs> well, that's a big difference. Yeah. Those two, those two days are very different on whether Brooks nails it or not. They are very <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, I I got in there and I realized right away that I wasn't going to do well. But it's like a written test, and I just I quickly with I didn't even read them. I just quickly wrote whatever, just like gibberish, just so I could be the first one done and sit there. And <laughs> <back>. <laughs> just yeah. get everybody out and you have, yeah, have these forty-year-old comic yeah. book nerds just staring at me like. Hey, you smoke At a cigarette. At that point, it was Doogie Howser would be the funny joke. Oh, there was, <laughs> there was, I remember hearing a story a while ago. There's this show that's been running for years on British TV called Countdown, and it's just you've got to form like anagrams out of these random letters, and it's like it's quite a sort of swatty game show. 
But I remember hearing a story about a contestant trying to psych out another contestant who'd got the previous day's Times cryptic crossword. And so he knew the answers, and he just sat there when they were waiting in the green room to go on, and just filled out the whole crossword uh. in a second, just, just while staring at the other contestants. Oh my god, that's, nice. a, that's nuts. Not even reading The it. difference between like regular Jeopardy and Teen Jeopardy is like... British authors versus Harry Potter. Like, like one <laughs> Wait, of them. Like, no, I'm just saying. Like, no, I'm saying one of like major Jeopardies. Like British authors for 400, and the other one's Harry oh, okay, Potter okay. for. But but that's the thing 4, is like 000. I think that they have to make things harder in the weeding out phase, and then when it's on TV, you want to see people do well. But like they have to have some kind of gateway. So like the the tryout was pretty tough for Teen Jeopardy that yeah. I went to. I mean, I, it wasn't it wasn't like you have much time either. They just play a tape. There's about 50 of you in a room. They rattle through. I think it was 50 questions, only spending about 20 seconds on each, if that. And you just have a blank piece of paper just to write down. Yeah, so it's not like multiple choice. Uh, there's not a lot of time to think about it. Uh, the only question I remember getting right that I was sort of proud of was um, this element, also known as Wolfram, is primarily exported from I don't know where. And I just thought about it for a while. I was like, oh, I know that W is tungsten on the period. Oh, it must be. Let's do tungsten. So that's. Uh, I would like to go back and just see if it was both of you taking your ACTs, but someone told you. Like, no, this is Teen Jeopardy. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they get you to take the test you don't want to. It's like uh, sneaking medicine. Oh, Augie, you really ruined your chances of college. <laughs> but got nice parting gifts for you. Yeah. So you're telling me if I, get, if I do well on this test, like my parents will get gunged? Is that what you're saying? What's gunged? What is, it depends on what that word is. the second British saying you've used tonight that Wait. I don't Swatty and gunged. Oh, my God, look at your phone. You even have your phone in military time. You're so British. <laughs> Yeah, British is like, yeah, 24-hour clock, that's a British thing. No, is that it not is. a thing? Like, on, on kids' shows, what do you call it? Slimed? Like, gunge. where they kind of... <laughs> you call it gunge? gunge? Yeah. Gunge. So, on, you can't do that on television. If you said, I don't know, I'm you would be getting I'm calling it that yeah. from now on. What, 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 what do you really call it? That. What would you call it? Slimed I, or... Well, I guess well, slimed, maybe. If I mean, if you explained what the fuck gunged is, yet you just said, maybe it's slimed. Like, I wish we really went around and tried to figure out what that was before you told us. Yeah, because yeah. in context, it could have been so many different things. It could have been, yeah. Your parents get gunged? <laughs> that's what the... <laughs> it seems like it could be something from Rudyard Kipling. Sold Kip- into prostitution? Yeah. It could be a Rudyard Kipling epic poem or something or uh, Lewis Carroll <laughs> when laying and, on the battlefield yeah. after having been gunged, gunged. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's like quartered or whatever but was that what's it called when you're like, drawn, and quartered, drawn and, and quartered, quartered? Yeah. yeah that's a pretty bad way to go but that's an English thing too they love to do that to people they oh, love quartering just people they just love it they fucking love I it that's just it, an olden days yeah. thing like I, just I everything from everything from sort of Right up until about the 1700s. <laughs> it's just, if you're getting killed, it's not going to be pleasant. The I mean, only it's not time pleasant I've ever heard of that is in England. I've really? never heard of that anywhere. There was one where they, uh, when if you were on a ship, like the equivalent of that is they tied you really tight, around, like both your arms and your legs, and then they threw you over the front of the ship, and then they would hold it tight, and you would get drug underneath the ship, like up against the ship really hard, like you're pressed against it because they're pulling the ropes up, and like... And then you would go down, and you hit the rudder, and most of the time you'd die. Like, that's what they would do. That's how manatees get killed, too. Oh, that's yeah. not true. It's like so manatees that have misbehaved on a boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that manatee has got yeah. nothing right on this ship. I can't believe we hired him as the ship's doctor. Yeah. He tried I told to, you that was a bad move. He tried to mutiny. Do you think anybody's ever been killed by lightning intentionally? Like, someone's strapped somebody to some sort of conducting thing a, in a storm? It's like, a good... 
Have people know. ever died from lightning? No, yeah. I, do, you want, do you think anyone's like ever, ever been uh, executed? I, yeah, yeah. 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 Send them out. going to happen. The... Budget cuts are going to hit us so hard that that's going to be the new uh, way to kill. They can't afford the electric chairs, so yeah. instead they just yeah. wait for a storm and send them out holding coat hangers. <laughs> just, <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> like a foil suit. They, no, they let them play golf. That they're like that's like their last meal. Yeah. Go out and have a round. Wow, it's and weird. Then... This prison just lets you fly kites. Seems kind of friendly. And if they could, if they could tie them to something, you know how they might, uh, how they might guide that lightning towards that condemned person. How might they I do feel that? Like we're rare, what? you know, what, guys? Are we seamlessly are we... dovetailing into topic number one. All right. Check yeah. done. Andy nailed it because our first topic <laughs> is an article. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. You guys didn't even see that coming. Uh, an article on Gizmodo uh, that says that it is impossible to steer lightning with lasers. That's Laser beams can you use to steer lightning? Which teenage boy funded that research? Exactly. <laughs> Who's that by wizards? Did wizards come out with that? Well, the article starts off with the line, Supervillains rejoice. Scientists oh. <laughs> have developed a way of steering lightning using lasers. Uh, admittedly, the team of French scientists have only done this uh, so far in labs, but it still works a treat is what the wording of this. So how does this, this was Australian by wizards? I don't yeah, know. This was the, like, yeah, teenage wizards. I think this. Yeah. Like, we tried boobs. That didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> we tried. We tried train sets. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> we tried using lasers to attract boobs. We tried using boobs to attract lightning. Both. Okay. Not both failures. I I can't can't both wonderful if have, failures. If you have the laser, why do you need the lightning? You already have a laser. That's what, what the do you old, care as the old lightning? saying goes. If you have the laser, why do you need the, the lightning? Laser in the hand is worth a couple. Lightnings. So how, how does this work then? What do, what do you have that to do to the laser? laser no lightning. <laughs> uh, the team can create a virtual lightning rod by using pulsed lasers to create a column of charged gas in thin air. That means the lightning zips down the column of charged particles preferentially, eventually making its way to what is supposed to be a less attractive spot for the lightning to hit. Okay. Oh, that kind of makes vague sense. So the laser, so wherever the laser beam is, that kind of charges, charges up the air, the air in that which section. makes it a sort of path that electricity can travel along because it's charged so. air. Okay. So it's a bit like suddenly having a wire there, so that attracts just a the short circuit through the air that's created by that laser beam. Yeah. I guess so. Did you guys hear about the uh, heir to some fortune who got? Uh, I think he actually got sentenced to jail time for shining a laser into the eyes of a uh, police helicopter pilot. Really? In, in L.A., yeah. He was driving around with friends. He had really powerful, not that powerful, it was like a pen laser, but he was just shining at this police helicopter that was circling, thinking that was funny. And then uh, turns and out then, that's, not, that's not legal to just shine a <laughs> laser in the eye of a police I officer. I didn't hear that story, but I did hear another story fairly recently, and it was a competitive dad whose, whose daughter was on, I can't remember whether it was either hockey, hockey. or soccer. Yeah, it was yeah. hockey. And he uh, he shined a laser pointer into the opposing team's goaltender. Yep. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> also wow. known it's as also known as the a... best dad ever. <laughs> yeah, he was presented with a trophy and a mug. Yeah, <laughs> he did get a, a t-shirt and a hat for yeah. sure. Yep, and you and his daughter's love. Yeah, right? oh Which yeah, which is the greatest. I love home. that. Just <laughs> cheating with like. Children just going after them. <laughs> I don't fucking care if NASA's going to get this one. Yeah, that's one point. That's one point scored because of blinding a t- <laughs> ten-year-old what girl. What a fucking maniac! In his defense, he had put twenty thousand dollars on. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Asian gambling syndicate that was also at the game. <laughs> I was like, that why is- are they here? Why are those guys always here? I do like the idea of like a junkie being like, "That's genius." I'm gonna go put a bunch on the fucking <laughs> avalanche. Like you can see where the laser comes from. That's like that's what I I remember when well, I was not really. Well, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, um, being in class, being at school, and you know the way you can like if you've got a wristwatch, 
and the sunlight's coming through the window, you right. can sort of angle it at people. And I just sort of, oh, it was on the wall, and then I sort of angled it into my teacher's eye, and and she just looked straight at me, and went, stop doing that. And, then you and, were I, drawn so, and, and I didn't quartered. realize, like, oh, you can when it glints, like. I see it go in her eye. What she sees is a bright glint coming off my watch and me conspicuously angling it towards right, her. Right. I thought it'd be like, this light will come from nowhere. Like, <laughs> that would be a mystery. Yeah, you can, is, you can see what? like this sort of dot of red when it goes into your eye going, oh, that the direct person, line the person, straight to that dad. The person who was hit can see that, but now they're temporarily blinded. But so, someone around you might not be able to see it because it's not like it's it's a directed... I mean, it's a light that's been amplified be. by the stimulated emission of radiation. It would work better Ooh, if that... You with a laser <laughs> yeah. If that dad was a magician, he would have gotten away with it. Because you get him, the point scored, you're gone. Boom. Out. Just puff of smoke. He also had a smoke capsule <laughs> yep. with him, too. <laughs> Which also did attract some suspicion. If he was a magician and his powers were tangible, if he actually could <laughs> right. make himself. Yeah, Which I think would probably end up being the main part of the story. <laughs> I think we would forget about the laser part <laughs> yeah. if he did make himself disappear. World's first magical dad disappears. Also something to do with <laughs> laser, laser pointer. pointer. <laughs> magician foils like league championship. <laughs> Girl blinded in an event that changes the course of reporter, science. Reporter buries the lead. Man shines laser light. <laughs> this oh, is my man. dad, Merlin. Yeah. He comes to all the games. That, that hey, you, know, you guys know what would be funny tonight? What if everything Matt said, we pretended like that word didn't exist? <laughs> oh. Conspicuously? Didn't... What are you talking about there, little Lord Fauntleroy? Come on, man. <laughs> What was what was? You got to get real with it. What was grade school like for you in England? How many kids are in your classes? Well, first of all, school? can I ask? Did you get made fun of for your silly accent? Oh. <laughs> and did you have to steal watches for Sykes? <laughs> did I have to steal for Mister what? Sykes? Oh, okay. Because I imagine I'm every what's Mister Sykes to be Bill Sykes is a character from a lot of twist. He's kind of he's suggesting that I grew up in a gang of ragtag pickpockets. Which I figured that every English boy did. Yeah, You're until, all orphans, first of all. Until I was discovered by my rich aunt face. at the very end in a redemptive story. <laughs> exactly. Is that the one where Mr. you have red Bumble, hair? Mr. Bumble was taking yeah. all the money. That's where you have red hair and you're a girl, right? That's exactly. <laughs> That's that one? Yes, it is, Brooks. I thought so. Everybody's like the kid in Newsies. How about that? Newsies? Is that bad yes. for you? You don't know Oliver Twist. I know you know I Newsies. I know Oliver Twist. I thought, I Fagan, I thought Fagan was the guy who was know, working for. Fagan was the guy who was the head of the who was the head of the gang, who was the one who recruited them. But Bill Mr. Sykes, Sykes was, was Mr. Sykes was the, like the kind of the big burglar who was who Fagan kind of reported to, oh, okay. who borrowed Oliver at one point to try and break into the house. I'm more of an Oliver and Company kind of guy. Yeah. He, right. was the, he was the one going out <laughs> with Nancy who killed her. Maybe I haven't seen hey, hey, or read. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Here, I got a quick question for you guys. The people I work with today did not know what this was. Do you know? You know what the Iditarod is, right? Of course, of course. Matt, no. Oh, fuck you. Well, yeah, it's probably not an English thing. It's probably a very just. Do you think yeah. you know what dog racing is? Our dog sled, sled racing. racing. I'm sorry, sled, sled, sled racing. racing. Okay, yeah. What it yeah. was was it was my two coworkers uh, had Asian parents, like their their par- their first generation. What do they Americans. sound like? They sound very nice. I work with them. They're my coworkers. I love them. Chip, chip, churay. Yeah. Um, But uh, neither of them had ever heard of the Iditarod, and it finished today, and I think a 25-year-old kid won. So I was like, I like the Iditarod. I was like, that's cool. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I got to this from the movie Balto, which is about the Iditarod, also Iron Will. Another See, my first, guess, so snow dogs. Dogs. my <laughs> first guess for I did Rod would have been some kind of cleaning product, some sort of maybe sound, toilet unblocker. Yeah. It does sound like that, yeah. I did a maybe. Is it an actual? Is it an Inuit word? You think? It uh, like it's it the name be. of a town. Oh. I know. Well, I think. Yeah, that's. It's the name of a town. I'm pretty sure. Um, 
But I don't know. It, it's from 1925 when uh, a bunch of people in Nome, Alaska, where um, some epidemic was going on, like smallpox or something, and they couldn't uh, airlift their um, uh, the, sick people medicine, the medicine or whatever. I was trying to dogs. They no. couldn't airlift the dogs. No, what's to the, what's eat, the so what's the, the medicine the if you have them? a uh, like penicillin. It's penicillin, but like uh, whatever the fixies, they couldn't get them the fixies. The unobtainium um, they needed, right? Yeah. So uh, what they had to do, the only way to get there was dog sleds, and so then they went across, to, uh, and then that became the idea. And, the, and then at the end of it, when everyone was cured or dead, they kind of went. That was kind of fun. The the, the sledding Let's bit. Keep doing <laughs> we really that. liked abusing the, the dogs. Do you reckon we could do this without getting everyone ill? Like, let's see if this is much fun. Nope, and that's why to this day they give everybody <laughs> smallpox in that town. <laughs> yeah. How much time has to pass after a tragedy like that before you start an athletic competition? It's the same thing with the marathon, right? That that was right. the distance. Yeah. That- yeah, that guy died. Right. So I mean, you think there was somebody who had some Ooh, news give a little background. online? You can't I don't just remember the whole story. I got it. I actually, Battle I of Sparta. It's the difference between marathon to Athens, right? And uh, twenty-six point two miles. Yeah, and then the and there, there was a, there was a battle of marathon or whatever, and like. I think that I like that you interrupted me because you knew the yeah. story. No, but I knew the, uh, the no, basic gist. Of this. I got this one. Uh, there's a guy I know the gist of it. Anyway, at the end of a battle, a dude ran from mm-hmm. Marathon to Athens mm-hmm. to announce either they won or they lost. I don't remember what that part. I can't. <laughs> and remember also that part. to gloat. Fuck you, went the messenger. Also to gloat about how he ran 26.2 miles and make all his friends feel bad for like the next two months. Like I yeah. get it. You're better than me. Okay. Well, he died immediately. He's yeah. like, well, no, he war. walked around for five minutes with his two fingers <laughs> on his neck. Hold on, I got it. They gave him one of those shiny silver. He said he was going to Disney World and then died. Um, So, but seriously, I mean, do you think that if there had been somebody who was running across Manhattan to deliver some news on 9-11 that in like 20 years we would have a commemorative race for that? Like, how long does it have to be before this tragedy? The the triple jump was actually originally developed as, they thought it was a kind of dance to beat AIDS. (laughs) Oh my god! You sold that so hard. The look on your face. I was ready to hear a great British explanation of the triple jump. I I Fabulous. hoped that it would be something ridiculous, and you you nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. That was perfect. Well done. Was it? Thank you. Um, you want to do the next? Sto- Am I doing the next story? I think you are. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? If you were if you were a little bit younger, maybe you'd be smarter and have remembered that. Oh wow, Andy! What a coincidence. <laughs> You fucking idiots. <laughs> I hate your segues. Um, okay, here's the next story, too. Uh, it's, this is just saying that toddlers, even like toddlers, are smarter than our smartest artificial intelligence computers that we have right now. Um, and it says, sure, when it comes to making calculations and accumulating knowledge, computers have long since left most of us in the dust. But when it comes to raw learning ability, young children um, arguably have no equal. Their ability to learn language is basically incomprehensible to adults. So it's just saying that... Um, so given the choice between having like a robot butler mm-hmm. or a two-year-old butler... Right. You want the two-year-old old. butler. It's, just, it's basically just saying that... Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want my butler to learn anything, though. Oh, well, they know what he needs. Oh, well, then then you want the robot butler. All right. Absolutely. So then does this mean that the smartest robots are toddler robots? I would say so. All this is saying... Given the choice between having a toddler or a robot butler, which one would you want? I want the robot butler. I would pick the robot butler on that one also. Uh, Yes. So you always take the robot butler. Is this today's technology, robot butler? Is this like Rocky II, the one that's... uh, uh, Rocky Rocky IV. Rocky IV. That was was the worst robot butler ever. It was just inflatable, wasn't it? uh, I feel like that robot still was better to Rocky than Polly ever was. (laughs) (laughs) More useful. Yeah, that robot didn't lose all of his money (laughs) when he went over to... 
represent America fight with right. Drago. How was uh, that Rocky Four? Which, by the God. way, he won. USA, USA. Well, <laughs> he killed Coney or whatever. That's right. He beat up Coney in, yeah. the, in part four. Uh, Carl Weathers. Um, no, like, like all I'm saying is Carl Weathers in The Predator looks just like the pictures of Coney. It look, you had, know, hold on, I got to put that together. Do you, you know might, who Coney is? <laughs> yeah, I know. Who doesn't Coney. know who Coney is? I don't is. fucking know. Do I have my eyes open and I'm going to wear human <laughs> Everyone right. knows that Coney is that off-brand electronics company right. that creates <laughs> very reasonably priced uh, audio made, equipment. They made my alarm All I'm yeah. saying is picture Carl my, my first. Do you guys ever have a My First Coney when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Those Walkman that were... I had an Easy Bake Coney. It, was, it didn't work as well. Um, no, all I'm saying is... Picture Carl Weathers in the movie Predator. Now replace that with Coney. It's Coney. You right. had to make no changes. Yeah. Also, right. much but- better film. <laughs> the Coney YouTube clip with Coney in it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Absolutely. That predator, of, that predator would have we just, turned We just need some 12 years old, 12-year-olds to kill this alien. There we go. <laughs> how is Carl Weathers not the governor of some state? Like, How has he been the sole star of Predator? Not to have benefited and become... Yeah, right. He's by far the coolest. Right. He's the We're going to give Jesse and Arnold states, but Carl gets nothing? Carl's he's still alive? Carl Weathers is the uh, poor man's Cary Grant. Really? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. What's your... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I said Cary Grant. I meant Clark Gable. He's the poor man's Clark Gable. So, yeah. Carl Weathers is the poor man's Clark Gable. I don't know. Yeah. I just am like... Wait, no. You have to Clark Gable's white, right? Go ahead. You put it together all you want. No, you, the, the what are some of the roles? Gable. Is Action Jackson the same thing as... Uh, I'm just saying, if you, if you watch Carl Weathers for a while, that is Clark Gable. That is a poor man's Clark Gable right there. So right. it's just self-evident. We have no... Now, that's, that's story two. Carl Weathers is poor man's Clark Gable. Let's get back to story three. Sorry. Um... That babies like toddlers are smarter than computers. Right. It's just saying that babies uh, possess the rudimentary, the rudimentary capacity to test hypotheses, notice patterns, and use this information to draw conclusions. It's just saying when you're a baby, you're so much more open to seeing something completely alien to you. Mm-hmm. You've never ever seen this or heard this before, and like babies can like quickly put that where it belongs and figure out based right. on like mm-hmm. like it- they hear a word they've never ever ever heard. And they can just be like, okay, I think that that would go right here, right away. Does it? Does it say what test they ran or how they? It, yeah, it's they saying, still don't know how not to swallow a button. So there's also <laughs> that. That's the other thing. Well, but to be it, fair, that's that's a kind of experimentation, though, isn't it? Uh, what the baby's doing that's trying to get more information, or is it not? It, is it's, that, well, this is what it says. The first um, three were no good for me. <laughs> Yeah, it said uh, when it's talking about babies, it said exploration of artificial intelligence worth its salt have prominently involved lollipops. Flashing and spinning toys and music makers. So it just is say, it shows these robots, these patterns that go on flashing and spinning toys, and the robots can't figure out, like, this is what's going to happen next with this oh, after okay. using it. And a baby can figure out, like, okay, I think, you know, I've done it twice. The third thing that's going to happen is this. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, and it's just saying that when they develop robots, uh, when they when they come up with computers, it it uses like how adults figures rationale out. Like it uses your all of your knowledge to figure out what you're talking about, to discover what you're talking about. Whereas a baby uses no knowledge to just put it in its own memory and cre- make that new knowledge for itself. Okay. So it says you're com- like if we start um, using computer like programming computers more like toddlers to learn things, it could uh, be able to discover casual relationships ranging from simple cases, such as recognizing that you work more slowly when you haven't had coffee, to complex ones, such as identifying which genes cause greater susceptibility to diseases. Oh. 
So it's just saying, hey, robots should be more like babies. They should try to mimic <laughs> babies. I will, in, in the defense of artificial intelligence, I've been playing around with Google Picasa recently and its face recognition software. And it's just linking to my entire catalog of every picture, every digital picture I have. And uh, I've been amazed at how good it is at recognizing faces, even at vastly different ages. Because I still have a bunch of pictures of my brother and his wife. Um, when she was four. <laughs> that's not <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Yes. I, I had to do like a, I put together a slideshow for their wedding. So I have pictures of them all the way from, you know, when they were toddlers on up. And Picasso pretty accurately, it almost never mistook, for instance, my sister-in-law with her sister, even when they were babies. So oh, wow. it knew the right face throughout all stages of her life and would guess, like, is this also her? Is this one? Is Do this you reckon one? it did it by sort of incremental stages, like saw her age 25 and then also then worked out, oh, that's 16. the same as her age 16, and then that's the same as her age 8. Or do you reckon it actually it leapt have. directly from twenty-five-year-old to the eight-year-old and worked out? I don't the same know. Face? I don't know. Yeah, that, I've been surprised at how good it is, though. I mean, sometimes it has some really strange associations, but it is interesting how it does stick to family. Even my brothers and I don't look alike. I don't think, but it still sometimes mistakes us where other people wouldn't. But this AI okay. does. So I don't know what that's. Well, okay, this you're just talking about Picasso makes me think. We'll go around. Who's your favorite artist, painter, Andy? <laughs> Uh, Van Gogh, actually, I think. I intellectual saw, I saw his. I saw his, uh, he's got a whole museum in um, in Amsterdam, right outside of the Heineken brewery. And uh, it could have been, it could have been the free want. Heineken. Oh, boy, let's get Talking. over here and try out some Van Gogh pictures now. But I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big uh, visual art guy. Well, that's not true. I, I wouldn't say I'm really informed on painting, but Van Gogh's stuff in person did, did really impress me. That was awesome. Augie, do you have a favorite? Painter. Well, uh, speaking of Rocky IV, Leroy Neiman. Oh yeah, who of course, did the beautiful mural. He at did. The end we had a huge. Of Rocky <laughs> we had. He made a. He made a Dan Gable one that we had in our house. A Rocky three. He did the thing of the end. The end at the Rocky three, and he also did a George Brett one that we had in our mm-hmm. house. Nice. Leroy Neiman's the shit. Yeah, he is the shit. Matt, I don't want to go all cheesy on this as well, but um, but it's probably a tie between Picasso and Dali. Oh. Wait, who's the second one? Salvador Dali. Dali. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss here. What? D A L I? Are you kidding me? Mustache, rally, rally fingers, mustache, melting clocks. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, you show me one <laughs> of his pictures. Midnight in Paris. Yeah, uh, was okay. played by Adrian Brody. Right. Does he really? Does that, that help you at all? No, it doesn't help me at all. Uh, are you talking about Andr- Adrian Brody's newest uh, Stella commercial? Because I, the director of that was great. Yeah, yeah, it's that. Oh, great. Well, good for him. <laughs> it's that guy. Yeah, Dolly's Dolly's great. It's surrealist. It's Dada okay. Dadaist, if you will. Who's the one that has like the screaming person touch clutching their face? Edvard Monk. Edvard Monk. Okay. Well, mine's Bob Ross. So fuck you guys. Okay. okay? Mine really... is Thomas Kincaid because he paints light. You light. guys, that's what makes he him loves different. Light. I was the first painter to realize you should paint light and not the absence thereof. I guess I don't know what the thinking is there. I really like Bob Ross. I fucking love that dude, man. He he's awesome. You watch him. You twenty five minutes. You got a beautiful painting. Oh, you, so you can just do it? You can just follow along and have a beautiful painting? You've done I, that? At one time, uh, I wanted to do a sketch where I followed along as him, <laughs> and, then it, and then it cuts to That's what really... I drew, and it's perfect. <laughs> like, it's exactly what he drew. Um, nobody take that. Nobody. Nobody gonna, steal that. And I, now they realize you guys laughed at it, I'm going to do it. Here's the best place Let's to workshop no secret ideas. <laughs> uh, on mic. And then or I wanted to, to do one on stage uh, where uh, I, I'm going to give a class on how to draw the Mona Lisa and then just do a, like a horrible outline and then go, ooh, we're out of time and flip to what it's supposed to look like at the end. And then that's all I that's do. That's it. All right. We'll do the first one. We'll do the... <laughs> this has been Brooks' uh, sketch idea corner. Workshopping. Workshopping things. 
Oh, uh, speaking of beautiful things, I actually wanted to mention that I did some follow-up research on the giant bug island that we talked about last week. There's a giant bug island? Well, there's a giant bug that thought was have... extinct. Okay. And uh, it's, a si- it's, about, it's probably like six to eight inches long. It looks like, they call it a tree lobster because it looks like it shouldn't exist above the water. And they thought it was gone forever, but they found it on this remote island that looks like something out of a Peter Jackson movie off the coast of Australia, this giant volcanic formation that juts up out of the water. But there's an island nearby that people live on, and they're trying to reintroduce that insect into that island. It's called Lord... <laughs> I'm sure those guys really exactly. They love. Thank you for bringing back the monster that the rats Wait, you got, got the lo- you got the lobster bugs again? Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, they're really cute. They're, I mean, they're, they're giant and creepy, but like they don't seem... They're not creepy the way that spiders... They have the right number of legs. They have six legs. They don't mm-hmm. seem like they would bite. So, yeah, if you woke up and it was above you, you'd be like, oh. Just like I we're trying mind. to reintroduce yeah, the velociraptor. Five, five, six legs. Six legs were good. Six legs were good. Exactly. But uh, this island that, that it's nearby that has people on it, Lord High Island, is ridiculously expensive and exclusive. It has only 400 permanent residents, and then it's only allowed to have 400 additional tourists at any time, mandated by law. And I was looking up pictures of Lord Howe Island. It is... My new goal in life to make enough money to go to Lord Howe Island. It's awesome. It looks like Lord something. Lord Howe? Lord Howe, H-O-W-E. I want to make British enough colonial. to go to fucking Catalina first. Like, and then <laughs> yeah. I'll go to Lord Howe This place, now. I looked up, there's a, there's a hotel on it, $1,000 a night, lowest price. Lowest price for Lord Howe. I don't think that's that crazy once you're talking about 400 people only allowed. 1000 bucks a night? And then you can kayak over to Ball Pyramid and see these uh, tree bugs. Maybe they'll be over on Lord Howe by then, but I, I was spending, I spent like an hour on Google Earth looking at Lord Howe Island, and it's so awesome. Well, guys, speaking of... Don't you do this, too. <laughs> giant bugs on vacation. Don't you do this to me, Matt. <laughs> okay. Next story, unrelated. <laughs> unrelated completely. Um, uh, uh, there's a Pacific Island. Boom! Boom! I did it! I did it! Sorry. Uh, this a... blew my fucking ears out. <laughs> That's going to clip. The uh, Pacific nation of Kiribati has a plan to buy a little bit of Fiji by land on Fiji's main island as a long-term measure to cope with rising sea levels. Mm-hmm. They're so worried that rising sea levels are just going to completely remove their island like stop it from existing at all that they're tr- currently pooling their money and seeing if they can buy a little bit of Fiji that'll mm-hmm. go okay this is the this is where we live now wow why don't they just invest in walls instead just be like, uh, be just like, like a big the platform that's a great up. idea it's like living at the bottom of a pitcher like oh, as water fills up that's what it. the Netherlands does constantly the Netherlands is under sea level the whole country the shouldn't exist shouldn't, yeah. but yeah. they're yeah. stoned they're just they're but not in the thinking end, about isn't it isn't Fiji just kind of a temporary solution to the rising tides I mean, <laughs> how about <laughs> someplace <laughs> in Tibet yeah. buy something yeah. in fucking Tibet you idiots if you're worried about swallowed by the ocean Kiribati is currently only two meters above current sea levels and their main cash crop is coconut trees, which would survive. <laughs> God, like that sounds too racist. Yeah. Like, it's like what do they do? And sandcastles. Sandcastle sand <laughs> sand industry is the main export. <laughs> White gold. They export puka shell necklaces <laughs> and sharks teeth and ukulele music. Yeah, but there's been a there's been a few things that they've done. Um, uh, the the island of Mauritius a couple of years ago. Had like they had a cabinet meeting of like the president and all like his cabinet in scuba equipment underwater as like a kind of publicity stunt to draw mm-hmm. attention to the fact that Mauritius is pretty screwed. Really? Uh, it's great. That's great. Did everyone have like headphones and microphones under? Like, I don't think it was a really serious okay. meeting. I think it was more they kind of went down there and took a photo and <laughs> waved pencils around a bit. But. I hope it was like that scene in Top Secret where they had the underwater bar fight. <laughs> 
Like everyone's dressed as though they're above water and just acting normal. No one's seen Top Secret. No, Val, no pre-Fat Val Kilmer fans. Of course, they've Talking about Val Kilmer. Better Brooks bring is up. too young. No, no. I'm just saying you better bring up McGruber for talking about Val Kilmer. It's a great movie. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. When movies. did that become his piece? His <laughs> signature piece. <laughs> when did that overtake Tombstone as when the Val Kilmer movie to see? The Saint. I don't know. I love. Lord. I love. Uh, have you seen MacGruber, Augie? Yeah, have you seen The Doors, where he does an amazing Jim Morrison for three hours? Have you seen that? <laughs> There's also that. You know that. Existed. I don't know. I mean, I feel like pe- I really feel like he hit his peak just recently. I think he's still. <laughs> yeah, on the he's way. really coming into his own, right? <laughs> the the bloated alcoholic drug addicted version. He's of Val still Kilmer. doing That's later. He's just doing later. The one Jim you see Dor- on late night Showtime movies that are direct to video. That's the Val Kilmer. Augie, like. you have to understand. Brooks is of a different generation. To him, Bill Murray is the voice of Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I heard the coolest Bill Murray is story. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't you know, know what it is? He It was directed by, like, Joel Cohen. Like, what? No. No, no. It was... What the f- no, but... The Garfield movie? But it was, it's spelled differently than <laughs> was it the, oh. the Cohen brothers. That's how it was. So Bill Murray got the script, <laughs> saw it was Joel no Cohen. Way. There's no way. That's a true story. No, I, um, I read that have you, story. Have you ever heard the one about that, uh, No Country for Old Men, where they wanted it? They didn't want James Brolin. They wanted... Or, they, they, they didn't want Josh? They didn't want Josh. They wanted James Brolin. Wow. Really? And they accidentally sent Josh the script, because uh. the character's supposed to be a lot older. R- oh, and they okay. wanted to use old, you know, grizzled Brolin. Right. And I, that's the story I've always heard. Is so he shows up to the meeting. <laughs> that's awesome. But, fuck, but killed it. And they're like, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, no. So Bill Murray, he, he goes and does all the voices. Like, does all the voices in like three days. Didn't know it wasn't a Coen Brothers movie until the premiere. Until he went and saw There's it. There's no way that's... I read that. I, don't, I mean, I don't know that's if that's true. I, it, I read it. There was like... It said like top, top like five coolest Bill Murray stories. Because yeah. I guess he just... Does awesome stuff all the time. Like he, like he went into like a private karaoke room with strangers and sang karaoke for like four hours one night. <laughs> that was a movie. That was a movie. It's called Lost in Translation. Yeah. That's not You're a real thing. He also Murray. didn't join the army and drive a Winnebago and fight the Russians. <laughs> and kill ghosts. He doesn't <laughs> fight ghosts. He did actually fight ghosts. Interestingly <laughs> enough, he did actually fight ghosts. I don't know. It was actually um, based on his life. But. You can look that one up. You can look that one up. Uh, but anyway... That was a passion project for him. He, he came to Ivan Reitman. He said, "I heard that he was a green screeper." <laughs> this is what this is what it says right here: Bill Murray's Garfield blunder, uh, a real life lost in translation. Bill Murray claims he only made Garfield because he thought it was a Coen Brothers film, and that Kung Fu Hustle is the best comedy ever made. <laughs> That's a good movie. That's a good movie. So he he's like actually claiming this. Um, How do you think that he they- says? Finally, I went out to L.A. Okay, here's here's what he says. Hold on, let me okay. let me just finish this. Murray reveals that he picked up the Garfield script and noted it was written by Joel Cohen, mistakenly believing this to be the the celebrated co-architect of dark comedies, The Big Lebowski, and Oh Brother Where Art Thou, rather than the creator of such gems as Evan Almighty and Daddy Day Camp. <laughs> <laughs> whose name has an additional H, Murray happily signed up. He mis- he, his mistake only became clear when he turned up to record his voiceover. Sample line, I think I'm going to blow a cat chow, I think I'm going to blow cat chow chunks. 
Finally, I went out to L.A. to read my lines, Murray tells GQ, and usually when you're looping a movie, if it takes two days, that's a lot. I don't know if I should even tell this story because it's kind of mean. What the hell? It's interesting. (laughs) So I worked all day and kept going. That's the line? Well, I can't say that. And you sit there and go... What can I say that will make this funny and make it make sense? And I worked. I was exhausted, soaked with sweat, and the lines got worse and worse. And I said, okay, you better show me the whole rest of the movie so we can see what we're dealing with. So I sat down and watched the whole thing, and I kept saying, who the hell cut this thing? Who did this? What the fuck was Cohen thinking? And then they explained to me it wasn't written by that Joel Cohen. Oh, my God. That is what great. If, that's what if, insane. What if Mia Jovovich only signed on to Resident Evil because she thought it was a follow-up to the Royal Tenenbaums? <laughs> is that you guys know that there's there's Paul Thomas Anderson and there's Paul W S Anderson, and the W S Anderson did all the Resident Evil movies and all these shitty video game things. I get course, them in Wes Anderson, Anderson confused. Like I mean, who I, doesn't get the Andersons confused? Man. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's crazy. That is well, nuts. I, I want to watch got, it now. I got a Garfield, right? <laughs> yeah, he's going he's gonna to really, So he took it knowing who the director was, but not reading the script at any point. He doesn't give a shit. Right. They're like, we'll it give you fucking $2 million. It must have seemed weird that he did dollars. his whole role without meeting the director <laughs> <laughs> of a yeah. movie. How much is like, he yeah. directing here? It's like a, like a co-star right. on a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, it's a lead in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Cohen, but, but, but seriously, by the way, how awesome are the Coens, you guys? I fucking love those guys, and I love that they. Solid. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, is the um, collaboration on Hudsucker Proxy with Sam Raimi because I also love Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, and I found out that uh, I'm a trivia buff, as I said, and Sam, one of the Coens, either Ethan or Joel, got his start. Um, working on the Evil Dead, that was the first movie that oh, one of those okay. guys edited because they're all boys, they're all Midwestern <laughs> boys. Yeah, and then Hudsucker Proxy, if you haven't seen that, that is an underappreciated Coens and Sam Raimi. And what, who, what human being that does stand-up hasn't seen that? You guys have seen Hudsucker that, Proxy? Right? I don't I think I haven't it's seen people's it. radar. I, I, yeah. saw, I think it must be a generational thing because I can't, I can't imagine not having seen I only Paul saw it for Newman? the first time about two years ago because it was on a plane. Oh, had, Hudson so was on a plane. They had, you know, sometimes the they greatest have greatest plane ever. <laughs> you know, sometimes they have like a massive list like of on demand, demand. Like for long, right. long distance right. flights, right. and it was just I just went through. It was like ah, under classics. Awesome. Um, I'd so love if the rest of Bill Murray's career though is just that. <laughs> what you mean? Mistakenly. You know I mean like Franklin <laughs> Ford Coppola is different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a Beaven Spielberg. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin he did, Scorsese. He did, yeah. He's one of those guys that buys a Rolex watch off the guy in the street. I thought, I thought BT was the sequel. We got- I don't understand anything. Everything's too close. <laughs> Which the Simpsons, when he goes in, they love the Russian electronics store. They've got all the top brands. Panaphonics, Sorny, Magnetbox. Coney. Yeah. Coney. Coney, of course. Uh, okay. Well, uh, speaking of high technology things, uh, <laughs> by the way, worst Coen Brothers movie is a serious man, and that's still a good movie. That's their worst. movie. Exactly, it's and t- that's well, still a good movie. Well, I haven't seen Lady Killers. I don't know. Is that any good? Uh, I didn't. I liked Lady Killers. Really? Nobody liked it, but I liked it. I liked the first one. I like. I, I got on a kick of uh, Alec Guinness comedies for a little bit there when I when I found out <laughs> he, he had done comedies at some point. I went and you know I like Star Wars. You know I like. I liked a lot. It came out right next to. Um, 
uh, Old Country for Old Men was Into the Wild. I thought that movie was great. It was pretty good. I, I liked it, man. Movie. I was at a I was at a time like I was a junior in college. I was like, I fucking want to go to Alaska. Yeah, man. I want to get, get, get out of here. I want to die alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat berries <laughs> and then get trapped on a special ed bus. Actually, I shouldn't. I shouldn't knock. I guess I was your age when when I first read the book and I had the same connection to it. So it's probably yeah. it's an age thing. I, I gotta, have to be condescending towards you, Brooks, about your. No, age. no, it totally makes sense. I was like, I gotta get out of society, and I was oh, yeah. in Iowa, which right. still is like yeah. very in the middle. Of also, nowhere. learned today that Brooks is much easier, better at learning than a robot. This is true, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but not man. as good as a toddler. All right, he was raised by wolves. He had to wrestle to get his way out of the forest to make it out here, and then he copied. Uh, Super, Alex Supertramp McCandless and uh, decided to go This is how live this is how rivers get started, yep. guys. This yep. is how they get started. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, I even I have a picture of myself mimicking the pose on the inside of the jacket of that book when Fuck he's sitting you. Next I never to the did bus. that. I never So I guess did I'm that. worse yeah. than You're you. You're way worse than you. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I, we just came across this oh, abandoned bus. You dick. Oh, was this summer you after a dick. Uh, what a weirdo. <laughs> I don't think uh, can't believe we're friends. That's really weird. We're barely friends. Come on. We're just neighbors. <laughs> you just follow me down to L.A. I'm going to ride on Andy's right, right, podcasting right. coattails. <laughs> I heard in a year he's going to start a podcast, and I want in on that. How do you get on one of them podcasts? How do you get, who, <laughs> do you, who do you have to know <laughs> to <laughs> get? <laughs> you might be a podcaster. <laughs> All right, we got to move on now. Right. We got, that's where we go. If you find yourself talking into a microphone alone in your backyard, <laughs> you, you might, might be a, a podcaster. podcaster. <laughs> you might be a podcaster. If your Hasidic Jew neighbors are angry because you are talking loudly at 9.30 in your backyard yeah. and no one is listening, you, you might be a podcast. If your dog is constantly biting your guests, you <laughs> might be on a podcast. Yeah. I, I didn't like mine. I don't think, I don't, actually, I don't, Hasidic is, I think I live in, I live in a neighborhood full of, uh, it's the Orthodox Jewish neighborhood, and it's, it's odd on Friday nights because everything shuts down. And we have no street lights, and everyone's dressed in black and roaming the streets, and it's just the it sounds like the funnest game of tag. And if you hit one tag. of these guys, sue, you get sued. Oh, my God. Don't well, hit I, What I want to do is just use this. I want to just do some run and gun, shoot some B-roll for a zombie movie Okay. after the sun goes down. Because Jewish you got, zombies? Well, here's the thing. Like, I know from back in the day of being one of them Jews, um, <laughs> it's a... Uh, on, on the Sabbath, you're not allowed to write. You can't write. You can't use computers. You can't... Um, use a pen. Uh, so if you do hit one of them, they have to remember your details. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they have to pass it down from so, one to the next, like it's you, an oral tradition. Just, you got to hope that they yeah. have one of those confusing personalized license plates. Yeah, that they, they or right well, just when they try to remember it, just go twenty five one <laughs> two B F. Yeah. yeah, they're like, it was the weirdest thing. He hit me, then got out, shouted numbers in my face, <laughs> and then peeled up. I can't remember. I like that that's, that's your Jew voice. <laughs> they hit me. <laughs> they say it. Yeah, Listen, that's it. I that come is from it. I come from Biloxi, where I where I come from. We keep the Sabbath holy. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to. Shabbat you know, shalom. Shabbat shalom. I don't roll on the Sabbath. <laughs> All right. You know what I do now, guys? I yeah, know that. Talk to me. 3D nano printing is getting a whole lot faster and mm -hmm. sexier. Right. That's according to a BBC article that says that a, uh, a 3D nano printing speed record was recently set at Vienna University. Um, and this team was able to create sculptures as small as a grain of sand in a fraction of the time than had previously been required. And some of these pictures, I like me some science articles that have cool pictures. 
They have microscopically sized. We'll put this on probablyscience.com. You know, we always say that and then we don't. No, let's <laughs> do busy. it. Let's do I'm it busy. with this one. Oh, I still oh, oh. Andy, busy. <laughs> Andy, too busy. <laughs> I can't. I can't click Tumblr, add picture. <laughs> And then post picture. Well, Liz, I, I still owe the audience, the listening audience, hopefully by the time you hear this, I will have put up at least the, the collage of Bob Seger, Iggy Pop, and uh, Andrew WK. Your <laughs> oh, yeah, you do have to do that. I do have to do that. And I will. Uh, maybe we'll post this, but you can also just look up 3D nanoprinting record and see awesome microscopic. Well, let's go ahead and take that extra step. And so let's, we'll let's just say so we did. 3D printing, just to be clear, that's that's... These are devices that are able to sort of create proper objects. They're able... Yeah, it prints, like, 2D, like, one, like, uh, you know, um, you know, one... Layer. One one-hundredth of an inch. Yeah. It prints, like, that, and then on top of that, prints the next layer and the next layer So by the, the time you finish, you end up with layer. an actual... You end up with an object. Yeah, three-dimensional... object built from... Stacks of paper. I honestly, I it's don't know. Built it's built from stacks of like is. plastic. Come around, come around and look at my computer. Well, here. no. Well, let's explain it to him I so that the uh, that the viewing audience. No, can let's help. just let's just show it to Augie, and then the audience will pretend like they knew. No, uh, so you can just look it up. But basically, you're seeing a three dimensional model on a microscopic scale of things like a Formula One racer or uh, the Tower of London. But there there, there are three D printers that can print bigger things now as well. They, I think what they but, do is they have some kind of medium. And it's and it's laid down with either sometimes it's lasers, sometimes right, it's some sort right. of tiny but, nozzle. But so that's that just light. That's not. No, no, that's, that's an object. No, it's, it's a very small made object. Of what? Plastic. Of it's, it, well, sometimes case, it's plastic. Sometimes it's some, some kind of silicon base. But it's sort of it, it's effectively building okay. a real object just yeah. by squirting layer right. after layer of. Of, of some whatever, kind of plastic, of yeah. The yeah. Let me explain. So, but, but, if, if you're building, if you're if you're building like a, a racer, the first image is going to be four separate pieces of the wheels, just tiny little pieces of the wheels. The next is going to make the wheels a little bigger, okay. bigger, bigger. So you have four separate things, and then when it gets to the body, it will print out like one full layer that will connect all the wheels together, and then it'll go keep going on top of that, on top of that, on top of that. it. Prints from the bottom. Basically, up. just picture the opposite of Jeff Bridges getting transported into the machine in Tron. Oh, okay. And it's like the opposite. That, that's of that. all you had to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> we're confusing. We're confusing technologies. You guys are talking about things on a macro scale. These are about a uh, about point two eight five millimeters in length. So how fast would, did this get printed? Then? How long have they been able to do this? Well, this this, this is technology has existed for a long time. The, the the breakthrough that's make this makes this notable, and the reason we're talking about it is that it was so fast. Um, they can do, for instance, this model of a Formula One racing car. That's as I said about 0.285 millimeters in length in just over four minutes. And that same technique could be used to make small biomedical parts. I'm hoping, basically, for a real-life version of inner space where Dennis Quaid gets in that Formula One racer and then gets shot into your bloodstream and then races against the bad... But for things like in space, this is what this technology might be useful for at some point, where, say, you're on a on a space station and one component dies, one component goes out. What, if this technology gets to a certain level, you'll be able to just print out a new component, Fabricate. like a new... That's really cool. We're missing We're missing this Current, bolt or this chip or whatever, and we need to make one in exactly the shape. This thing can make it. But currently, this is used... This is how Jeff Dunham makes his dummies, for real. Yeah. Like, I watched a two-hour Jeff Dunham. He has so much money. You guys <laughs> just randomly... He uses... Not, the no, he, is he so uses How can them. we use this <laughs> for porn, is what people uh, are asking. <laughs> so they build porn the has car. driven can so I, many technologies. Car? You can have sex with, the you have sex with sex Jeff Dunham's dummies, if you want. Peanut or the... If a two-millimeter butt plug does it for you, then this machine... If a nanometer... 
Yeah, I think even though the theory of how you're talking about printing these things might be similar, the actual implementation is much like that stuff is on a but, macro level. This is but not the eventual aim is to have this kind of thing where it can make it with different types of materials and the same object. And but on a microscopic level, that's the usefulness of it. It would be for medical purposes and things, I, uh, things that are much smaller. It uses a process called two-photon lithog- lithography, which involves focusing a laser beam onto liquid resin to harden it leaving behind a, tr- a line of solid polymer just a few nanometers wide. And unlike traditional 3D printing techniques you guys are talking about, which build up an object by adding layers to its surface, okay. the laser can create solid material anywhere within the liquid material. So what oh, you guys okay. are talking about, basically... So this thing can target, can target the material at different depths by focusing the laser beam from different angles. Right, like what you guys are talking about, imagine if you were trying to... Uh, I'm trying to think of something that would have... Build a dummy for Jeff Dunham. Well, let's say you were trying to build a dog, uh, a dog whose belly hangs low. You've got the feet, feet, legs, legs, legs. His ears that hang middle low. part of the belly, the first time you hit that, what would that be attached to? You couldn't build that. It would have to be, uh, it would have to be basically a function, a, a three-dimensional, a, a function first of, of all, two. Very, very, very good example. That's I couldn't think of anything else. It would have taken that, me a long time. No, that's uh, that's, that's a solid you know, It would have been like a, a little really disc of dog belly yeah. hanging, or is, or like a horse cock. Be, I could have gone with horse cock, but decided not to. But you know what? You cleaned it up. I appreciate. So that's the difference between these tech. You guys jumped to the whole like 3D printing. I want to build my own dildo, and I was like, no. This, but this is thing's interesting. So it doesn't do it in layers. Instead, it just targets different lasers that can target at different depths within the material, within this liquid, to and, make it in a single yes. go. That's that's, that's what it cool. sounds like. So yeah, that's how it's different from traditional 3D printing. So it doesn't build up like that, but it uh, okay that creates a solid anywhere within the liquid. Um, and the uh, the process gets its name because only the resin. Because the resin only sets if the molecules within it absorb two photons of the laser beam at once, which only happens at the very center of the beam. So they have two... Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So, so to guarantee you get it at the right depth, you kind of have two different photons, exactly. two different lasers coming from two different angles, and just the point where they cross is where it becomes solid. Right. So it seems like you're kind of building it solid. by whatever the three-dimensional version of a pixel would be. So it's mm-hmm. a very slow process. That might be why that's it cool. takes so long. But it takes four minutes to build this microscopic... Okay. Formula One racer, but that's still faster than ever before. But so. eventually, we'll be able to just order a sandwich and it'll appear. Well, hopefully, it'll yeah. be printed God, out of reconstituted great. meat. Yeah, that would be great. I was plastic. I was thinking the other day, I wouldn't be surprised if Cat Williams was a Jeff Dunham puppet like that. He seems so like like he's such a caricature. <laughs> yes, that I would. I'd believe it's the brainchild of a crazy dude. For that matter, most comedians who are that successful probably could pass for a no. Jeff, no, not he's tiny enough. He's you don't think Gallagher could be, not that he's popular, but <laughs> Gallagher could be a Jeff Dunham character, couldn't he? He's racist enough. <laughs> I feel like we've already, we've, we've, we've exhausted the, uh, the comedic potential of Gallagher before the actual mics were turned on, so we can't go in there anymore. But uh, What's the next story, Brooks? Nailed it. Um, <laughs> uh, I like, by the way, I like how Brooks loses interest two-thirds of the way through every episode without fail. No. Guys, I'm still on board. That was <laughs> cool. Right. Like I felt like, I feel like as a group... Are you in the middle of your fantasy baseball draft right now? <laughs> Are you no, looking up a on? concert that would be happening tonight by no. somebody I went to high school with? <laughs> Last podcast, I got really into Andrew. Are you streaming Andrew community? Andrew. No, I'm not streaming community. <laughs> I'm trying to learn my next topic before we get to me. Okay. Um, Jump. Do you want me to go first? Where you let? Oh, no, I got this, guys. Uh, all's it all's it's saying is that space travel may damage eyesight. Um, brain study shows that's that's what it says. So, brain scans of NASA astronauts who are in space for more than a month revealed potentially serious abnormalities that could set back plans for longer deep space missions, according to the U.S. study published Tuesday. So, eyes and brains of 26 astronauts who spent an average of 108 days in space, either on the space shuttle. 
um, or abroad, the International Space Station found that um, they had intracranial hypertension, which is a potential serious condition that occurs when pressure builds within the skull. So um, the symptoms included excess cerebral fluid around the optic nerve and 33% of the astronauts. Um, and a fifth of them showed flattening of the back of the eyeball, which aff- which affects their ability to, ability to focus. Um, so then it also said 15% of those astronauts had bulging optic nerves, and 11% showed changes in the pituitary gland, which is located b- between the optic nerves and secretes and stores hor- hormones that regulate a variety of important body functions. Yeah, good to have those astronauts so, taken down a peg or two. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, like, it, it like... Uh, makes us nervous to send astronauts on long-ranging space missions like seven months to go to mars and back they're like maybe now that would be a terrible thing because they could come back blind so I, it, this is because of i'm still trying to wrap my head the effect of, is it zero gravity that's yeah, causing it or the low pressure gravity it says yeah yeah because it, it says like we already knew that they would they would have uh muscle loss and their bone density gets reduced as well right um that was like seen early on but now they're seeing this like if you want to if you want to sort of punch out an astronaut your best bet is when they've just got back from space right and who doesn't want that <laughs> who doesn't want to beat up an astronaut <laughs> especially it's, when they get back if that was a charity if you could pay money to beat up an astronaut <laughs> make a wish yeah all, all those kids would meet kobe bryant every week because <laughs> they would just have nothing but money they would just be swimming in money they wouldn't be cured mind you but they would meet famous people. That's, that's the American a chicken in every pot, and everyone gets to punch <laughs> a recently returned <laughs> space traveler. Hey, yeah. genius! Welcome home to car garage. How space? That's what the guy, that guy who, who challenged Buzz Aldrin. He just waited too long. He did wait too long. <laughs> he got his strength. Back. Yeah, did by you the time that? Buzz got to kind of like he got all seventy years old and strong again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Augie, did you hear about up. that? The, this guy in 2003 went up to Buzz Aldrin and called him a liar. He's and, one of the most famous sort of moon landing deniers, and he pes- he goes around pestering loads of astronauts, got yeah. loads of, all the guys from the Apollo program and going, it's Buzz a Aldrin hoax. kicked the shit out of him. He, Buzz got, just he, called him. him he called him a liar, and like uh, <laughs> he, he was a, uh, a coward. Nice. So Buzz Aldrin, seven, at 70 years old, punched him in the face. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. It was awesome. It's on YouTube. John, it's great. Glenn, John Glenn was running for president either 88 or 92, and he was just at an event, you know, just outside walking around, people talking to him, and some crazy guy comes over and grabs him, and John Glenn, at that point, who was like 72, fucking put the guy in a hold <laughs> and threw him down. It was oh, beautiful. Man. It's it's like, these guys were all ex-military I, as well. Yeah, he was a Marine. He'll yeah, kill well, you. Those guys he were, was like the best Marine. That's, that's awesome. why he was it's not like, yeah, yeah. You sort of, that's where they all he was they the were like test pilots and they were all like you know, badass, fucking crazy it's, guys it's, but yeah. back it, before space tra- the first guy up like before space travel was in any way tested <laughs> like, are you gonna tra- we need someone who's smart yeah. physically fit and willing to strap themselves to a rocket to and a when bomb. you get to like, the we moon to- we don't know what you might have to fight we don't <laughs> right. know what's up exactly. I'll go let's go man most, so, of, most of those guys the bomb and light the fuse because I'm going up. most of those guys have been involved just give in- me the blunt end of a pool stick exactly <laughs> those guys had had like all been in a few crashes too like oh yeah they just because they're just like yeah. I don't know see if it flies buzz <laughs> come on man go <laughs> turns out don't fly great Speaking of broken pool stick, I did a book report on Chuck Yeager, a book on Chuck Yeager in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. You know about how he flew with multiple broken ribs, but he broke the sound barrier? 
because he was horseback riding the day before, drunk, and fell off the horse and broke some ribs, but didn't want to tell the guys because they Cause might put someone scheduled. else onto the program. Yeah. So he couldn't even close the cop. He couldn't even close the, uh, the 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 the. Let's call it a lid on the cockpit. I don't know what you call that thing, but he had to break off a broom handle and like, wedge it in <laughs> to use as a lever. That's in the right stuff. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the right stuff. Uh, I just did a yeah. book report, and oh, that's the awesome. extent of my knowledge. Yeah, that that was the baddest dude alive. Chuck Yeager was the badass. Really? Ass uh, ass what else did he besides break the sound barrier? I mean, I'm sure other. Well, was he? Why wasn't he in the space program? Was he just too old? He by died, then? didn't he? Uh, he, he didn't was because he was he was uh, he was uh, the the way that they portrayed in the movie, and I don't know the facts. Uh, he was kind of a drunk, and uh, he was just he was just sort of a wild card. But he was the guy always when they had a new plane, he was the one that <laughs> always tested it. Oh. Like if you look back at like the speed records in like the 1950s. Chuck Yeager held them all yeah, at yeah. some point or another. And then some guy would break it, and then he would go break that yeah, again. So he, he didn't just, die. I, I got the impression he but, died young. But, he, but maybe I'm wrong. That, maybe. No, he would, no, Chuck Yeager lived to be very. He might okay. still be alive, to be honest with you. So you're a he was, do, he, was, young, he, he was doing motor oil commercials ten years ago. Oh, okay. And so he um, <laughs> drinking motor oil. I but, so the, <laughs> fucking but good. See, they didn't think they could control him because they they knew they were going to have to do a lot of press and stuff, and right. they didn't think that Chuck Yeager. I guess test pilots go up solo, but like. Astronauts, you sort of need to. Oh no! Actually, the first kind of the astronauts' first ones went out solo. Still well, alive, Yuri Gagarin, John Glenn, Chuck Yeager, still alive. Yeah. Is he eighty nine cool. years old? That's yeah. a badass. Yeah, he's Damn. bad dude. I bet. That's I awesome. bet his kids find it impossible to take his car keys away from him. What's the- <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, you are not fit to drive anymore. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm Chuck Yeager. I broke the sound barrier. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he just drives like 65, but that's so fast for like an 85 year. You're fucking crazy, Chuck. I'm doing 60, bitch. <laughs> or they just give him the the souped up golf cart at the retirement home. <laughs> He's just challenging. He's always got to f- use that broom <laughs> handle. Yeah. The door closed. He's up. always the first one to test the new golf carts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> new we just got one in, Chuck. <laughs> they say, Let me at her. Let they me say at her. it can do twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Well, Push me so, to the top of the hill and let her fly. Are, are his eyes damaged? Getting back to the talk, did any people have uh, evidence about how this eye damage might well, have affected those us Those guys weren't early? in space for yeah. very long, were they? The early so guys were just only did a couple of orbits. And Aren't then they there some guys in Mir that have been up there for like a year or whatever? They must not have. I don't know. It's, it said their average... average um, time in space was 108 days. So some people have clearly had longer, probably a year or yeah. so. Um, what I want to remember, we did a st- we did a study a while. I mean, a story a while ago about a team of like Russian scientists who sat in a fake space station in a garage in yeah. Moscow for five years, <laughs> five months, five. No, no, it was a while. It was longer than five months. Or uh, it was, it was a three, maybe it no, it was five hundred days. It was five hundred okay. days. It, it was so the, there was no space station. Was, they just, it was a simulation to see whether people were. could. No, no I, know, I know. It was a simulation to see whether people would be able to be equipped to. To do be the length that of, isolated and to do, do the length that. of journey. Oh, okay. So they even simulated things like when they were sending the messages, there was a delay on sending it back. Like they were com- they were in communication with the ground staff, so to speak. But they they, That's they every send MTV the mess- show the 1990s. Well, they That's did no. a <laughs> one of those in the UK. They did they did a show. I can't remember what it's called, but it was a basically it. They got a group of people that they were told were going to go into space, and it was all bullshit. Oh it was my like God, a hit. Great. It was like a kind of reality spoof show, and they sent these. It was like one of the most expensive shows Channel Four ever made, and they they built this simulator and they sort of oh, they man. shook it a bit and they, they had some bullshit explanation and some of the people in that in the spaceship were plants, kind of going along with the story. 
That's awesome. That sounds like the greatest show I've ever yeah. heard. It does yeah. sound great. I, it's like that show Joe Millionaire. I remember where they told all these mm-hmm. girls that he was a millionaire, and they're like, will they stay with him? I'm like, who? He lied to you for like three months. Right. Like, this is a great basis for our relationship. <laughs> or, Joe, yeah. or Joe Schmo. Remember, Kristen Wiig was in that before SNL, and yep. Joe Schmo was the nicest guy ever. He kept, like, people kept beat, smacking him in the face, and he kept just turning their cheek, like, hit this one. Keep hitting me, guys. I'm sorry. What am I doing wrong? I want to please you guys. Like, I felt so bad, but it was so fun to watch because he was the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, that was, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that that would be the tipping point for the end of reality TV where we're spoofing reality TV, but no. no. Just, do you want to know how long it. I've been doing stand-up? On yeah. my first CD, I do jokes about Joe Millionaire, and at the time, it was a brand new thing. That's why it was that out. Sh- that <laughs> show's not that old. I That's mean, that like show's 10, 10 years 10 old. Years, right? Yeah. <laughs> it took me a long time to do a CD, I guess. Augie <laughs> Smith, Cold Following. Look for it on Amazon. Cold Following? Cold Following. Cold Following. Cold doesn't make as much sense. So, uh, you guys, the eyeball thing. Uh, one last thing. Uh, we, I thought we were going to get into this, and we didn't, but uh, we have been really... Uh, Remiss amit. Oh, that's the we haven't followed through on our promise to our listeners to apply to be astronauts. Yeah, it's over. It's still, it's over. It's over. Okay, we're not going to do. We're full of shit. We Andy and I. Astronauts? Well, Andy and I both meet the minimum requirements. Very minimum to apply to be an astronaut. Do you I need, fit? Because really? I wasn't around for the for this podcast. Okay, what you need is three years of relevant work experience, an engineering degree. Uh, a, a relevant a work experience to going into space. Yeah. Well, no, in, in Wouldn't your that ma- be pretty much anything. No, anything yeah, yeah, it's your masters or whatever. So, like, I've been working three years in biomedical engineering right, right now. I got a math degree. Yeah, but I you get you got to work three years in math in a math field. Oh, okay. Now I'm screwed then. Yeah, and I it, think stand up would help you in space. Do you think? Yeah, like from around. You meet the other enough. cultures, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, you can be a max of six three. So I like fit like that. Oh, what's fit. the shortest you can be? I think, the, I think like five, four. Oh, I pass. I'm yeah. in. We're all in, guys. All of us. Right. So anyway, we could have applied. But and you, you shoot for a living. You shoot laser beams into human eyeballs. Maybe you could That's fix right. this eye problem you'd have yeah. in space. Oh, maybe. <laughs> no, you don't so, think so? Maybe. So is there an astronaut school you just apply to? No, they're just taking new astronauts. Like they just take a batch of new astronauts. Uh, at random times like there was the mercury seven or something like that and the oh, apollo okay. nine i could have those two mixed up it was the fab five back in like 91 the fab right, five right. They, they uh yeah they went to mars yeah they get beat by duke but then it yeah, turned Chris out that Weber NASA, called for a timeout yeah. that wasn't nasa legit. was paying them before they could accept yeah yeah the nasa money where'd you get that escalade jalen rose come on um I, I've got a medical story for you guys. On the, we're, we're moving away from eyes. Uh, we're moving a little bit further down the body. Let me ask you this, uh, fellow podcasters. How, which of you guys are or aren't circumcised? I am. Sensitive. Uh, I was born in the 70s in the U.S. I'll let you guess. But no, I, was, you just... I was born in the I, I'm not circumcised. I'm oh. Okay, well, Augie of all of us is, mm-hmm. um, has the highest risk of prostate cancer. Outstanding. Um, according to no other... Well, maybe not, actually. There is a chance. Um, turns out this uh, recent bit of research uh, found out that um, people who... Circumcision appears to have reduced the risk of prostate cancer by 15% overall and 18% for the most aggressive form. Um, however, the benefit does vanish if you have sex before circumcision. So if you so haven't had sex yet, you've still got a chance. Oh, who's getting circumcised after? The, here's, here's what uh, I converts or people who have some kind of medical problem that requires them to get First it. First of all, this is this is something I'm very very passionate about. Is that, uh, that there's no reason to circumcise a kid. There's no medical reason for it. It's bullshit. But 
But occasionally, occasionally, there's like 1% of people that have a need to get circumcised as an adult, which would be the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. That would be awful. Yeah. I, I knew a guy that had that had it done uh, basically for tribal reasons. <laughs> so it wasn't guy. like anesthetized and, at all. Uh, he didn't get any as. Well, it doesn't matter if you're anesthetized at all. Uh, it's then you got to walk like that. You have several weeks where this thing, the end of your penis, that is never that doesn't touch stuff all day long, is now right. rubbing up against your pants and your underwear, and it hasn't built up the little coating that everybody else has. And it is the most un- every once in a while, my skin will like peel back and it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world you have to get it back yeah. I could not imagine living that way like the rest of you freaks it seems <laughs> freaks of nature I'll be, I'll be honest you know how few women have seen a natural <laughs> penis well in the US at least yeah, anyway I, I'm telling you no, in the UK the norm is still uncircumcised yeah. unless you unless it's for religious reasons right. and that's yeah. the thing the other thing about not circumcising your kid he'll be able to spend his youth if he's proud of his cock being able to show it off all he wants <laughs> if you start talking to a group of women about not being circumcised they all want to see it have you I, ever when you were yeah. little though did you did like a girl ever like be like what what is going on here like did that happen? Wait a minute. Why was I little naked with a girl? <laughs> like I'm no. talking. Well, like, I had seen, I'm seen like so 16. many cocks. I'm talking like that 16. she could tell the <laughs> Like a Come 16 on. year old chick has seen. I was a fat kid on the speech team. <laughs> Nobody saw my cock until <laughs> I was 18. <laughs> 18's pretty good in that case. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. Whatever sex I was in high school, you wouldn't have known it by looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of it's Pat, it's Augie. Yeah. It was. It was not clear. I was just this gelatinous goo walking down the hall with this great big hair. So this this research. <laughs> the team it is according to this new scientist article that says the team theorized that inflammation around the prostate gland triggered by sexually transmitted infections promotes the development of cancer and since circumcision removes the mucosal layers under the foreskin where pathogens can breed it may hinder such development and uh, I, apparently I don't, I don't understand that sense sure apparently I'll, I'll be honest with you uh, so it looks like the basically when you the bit that you have that we don't can harbor a little bit of space where various infections can form oh, okay. that, can can, that. that can lead on to cancer. That's, well, you got to wash the shit. It also I says... Mean, uh, you get in I don't think washing is... kind of gets rid of infections, though. They need to be treated... But, but it says having many sexual partners or a high frequency of sexual activity increases the risk of prostate cancer by up to 40%. Well, that's why I'm in trouble, because, <laughs> god damn it, I got around... Well, here's why you might not be in trouble, though. Come it was on, also baby. found that frequent masturbation lowers the risk of prostate cancer. So I'm, I'm canceling things out. <laughs> I've heard that. Better, better uh, news. Better news. <laughs> that's that's more because it like clears things out, right? It kind of keeps the uh, fresh. That's, the, that's a theory, anyway. It prevents but the buildup of carcinogens. But if you gut. don't frequently masturbate, then God knows there's something wrong with you, and He kills you. Right. That's what yeah. I think. Also, that has to do with. scientists come up with this story, so they're like, <laughs> right. "Oh, it's great. You have to do that, baby. I have yeah. to do that." <laughs> That's why it's it's scientifically proven. Blue balls cause cancer. These are all men. Blue balls is the best pseudoscience. I do think a lot of this stuff is sort of it's it's bad science if you look at it according to the scientific method, which is like there's this thing that we've done only because we've done it, right? Like circumcision for non-religious reasons. There's no. It's only just become standard because everyone who's then doing it in the next generation had it done to them. So it's like that's what you know. And then retroactively, you try to find reasons to justify it, and that's not how science is supposed to work. And even like a 15 percent change in this risk isn't enough to justify like across the board. Everybody has should have this elective cosmetic surgery as a baby. Like that's that's bizarre. If there's an equivalent thing about like. 
giving babies tattoos or something. Like, no one would do that if there was something. Well, it, it wasn't necessary. Because it started, it, it's a religious thing that people did. I think it depends. That's how it started. I think it well, also depends knows? on the kind of tattoo that you're giving the baby. Right, right. I also, it's it's 20% <laughs> of babies with tattoos are cooler I think a baby right. with a kind of, like, butt crack tattoo, that's kind of mm. creepy. It's a little bit like But, like, yeah. like, the barbed wire around the bicep, That's I think that's sure. cool. Or, like, just, just never going to get old. And we've already learned that babies are smarter than robots, so they know what they're getting in. Yeah. Because the babies all sign up for it, don't they? With yeah, sign language, they say, yeah, please yeah. get rid of this. They'll they learn. Down. Yeah. They'll learn. If you give them the tattoo, they'll learn how yeah. to ride a motorbike. <laughs> they'll they'll grow into their tattoo is what <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> yeah. right. you we live them. up to our names and our tattoos. Exactly. This is true. Exactly. You, are they like universally called well, I guess it wouldn't be universally. Across England, are they all called motorbikes? You guys, nobody calls them motorcycles? Uh... It's more more motorbikes, I think. Yeah, it sounds funner. Like, right. It sounds Let's, more like quaint. if you say motorcycle, no one would, no one would bat an eyelid. But motorcycle. If you called, if you called like a, a like a Hell's Angels bike a motorbike, I think he'd bat an eyelid. Like, Whoa, this is a fucking. I don't know because bike sounds. No, uh, like cycle sounds right. quainter than motorbike. bike. It's, it's funny. Well, it's like, uh, you know, cycle, cycle makes me think of something pedaling, like like, like a, and a basket on the front. This is the one case where the American version sounds more British than the British version. Because really, when you think about motorcycle, I'm with me yeah. motorcycle. Cycle is the same word we use for a woman's period that we would use for a Hell's Angels mode of transportation. It's probably not so. the best. Yeah, but I bet the that the, I'm just both the things you need to steer clear of. Am yeah. I right, yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about? All I'm saying is Hell's Angels are not down for different. They like what's the same. Well, I don't think you know, not what? the same as what's... I'm just saying they don't the like status. different guys. Yeah, they're well, definitely not counterculture. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. What? <laughs> I'm just. They love two and a half men <laughs> <laughs> and, and driving in a car and short hair. And that's what they uh, love. You got me. Nailed it. I was just saying. I don't know what I was saying. I was, just, I was just calling them racist is what I was doing. They don't like what you're saying is uh, Hell's Angels don't approve of circumcision. I think it was the point that you... Was that the point? Because they don't like the status quo? They listen, do like the status listen, quo. Listen, I've seen three episodes of Sons of Anarchy. That's where my knowledge is. Okay. <laughs> I will say, as far as motorcycles, we should get on, I know, with the next topic. But unless there's more... Is there more penis talk we're missing out on? No, I think that's. I think we pretty much covered the penis. Oh. <laughs> Here it much up. like the foreskin, we have covered the penis. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my knowledge of motorcycles... Um, or I, I, I'm the guy who's a little bit strident. Like, I, you know, I don't try to talk friends who smoke out of smoking. But, like, the motorcycle thing... It just seems like such a no-brainer. You're gonna, you're gonna die. There's a very good chance you're I gonna have, die. I have a scar yeah. on my leg to this day from the one time I attempted to drive a motorized two-wheel oh. vehicle, and it was just a, like it was like a scooter. It was a scooter that they hired us. We did this festival in, in Cyprus, and they just, like, let us. They gave us scooters for the week, and they just <laughs> went there. You go, for. and just went. Yeah, you'll work it out. And yeah. I, I just oh. can't ride that thing, and I just went straight into a wall. I've got That's like how a... we all learned in Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> and look at how good we're doing. I think it's regional. Like, if you... I, I, I see around L.A., terrible idea. But if you... Li- like, in Iowa, uh, there's nobody around. You just blast from... It's yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a ridiculous way to get around, but I mean, it's so fucking cool. And there's definitely... And it is so... I, I don't know. I just There's something so American about it, of well, just... I, being on this metal steed, I fucking you know, like I'm the, tr- 
prowling the badlands like Lorenzo Lamas and Renegades. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, picking up bounties, working for Sunny Six Kelly. You I totally want a, mo- I want a motorcycle real bad, but I would never get one living here. I've definitely been envious, particularly in the UK, where when you're doing a lot of road gigs, you're just constantly driving between cities, and it is always gridlocked. Like, particularly yeah. if you're driving around 5 p.m., there's always just... Crazy driving, and I've always been a little envious of the motorbikes who are just speeding Split up the, the middle. I, I would never do that. But See, that, that, would just, scared, that would be the thing. But I, the thing, I'm like, such a pussy. I could oh, never totally. Do that and I, I look at that. Go a bit of me is like, oh shit, I'm gonna. You're gonna get there two hours earlier than me. But another <laughs> bit goes, I would not last a day with my attention span. <laughs> like I can't, yeah. I can't stay focused on a thing for a minute. Yeah. Like yeah, you've got to be so hyper focused yeah. when you're doing that. I'd be like Marsha Brady on a bicycle, just where she's running into everything, <laughs> like, just clipping so many side view mirrors. And the big thing is like any accident, any the most minor of accidents, you're dead. You're yeah. dead. Well, you're, no, everyone, not every, always, but you could be because you're you're dead, no but protection. But you at are all. always injured. Like, like if you if you have a crash in a car, or you have a little prank. Which, particularly when you're first learning, you will have little pranks here and there. Small little, no, like not, not, the side not of in a, America. Not, well, we invented the automobile. And we don't crash them. Yeah. You, <laughs> I have not seen a single car in L.A. that doesn't have some shit damage to it. And that was all done by English motherfuckers yeah. coming over here. And you all you coming over, you wetbacks swimming over from England. Swimming over. My brother hit a you bird on, on his motorcycle one time, like it, like a hit bird, a bird? Like in it, the face. It got him in the chest, oh, like it just awesome. clipped him. It's like great. almost ruined him. It would have been the, like, how'd your brother die? Hit a bird. Whereas, that's, yeah, if that happens to you in a car, you're just, well, I guess I'll h- pull in at the next stop and hose this sh- yeah, bird exactly. off the car. That's just, That'd oh, be a great thing in a movie. A bird with, like, a long beak just goes right Oof. through a guy's chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the saying that the Hells Angels guys invented for falling in love. Yeah, I got a bird in the chest. That's what they- <laughs> it's not from their habit of throwing pelicans at their enemy. No, it's not that. It's a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> backpack full of pelicans they're riding along <laughs> Obama won't let us have guns no more we've got to throw pelicans so they hold onto their beak and swing them, like, swing them like a mace over their head before unleashing the pelican <laughs> I like that I like that you guys I think we're running out of time but we should, we should get to our, our last story I think history if you guys story. want um, this is kind of cool I this is a story about Newton I don't know how timely it is well it's not timely because Newton's been dead a long time but um but this is a story about stuff sort of beyond his science. Because- right. He's mostly known as one of the fathers of, of modern science. Yeah, poss- one- possibly the now, greatest. is this Juice Newton? This is Juice Newton. <laughs> just color angel of the morning. <laughs> According to Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, right how many are working with the wrong Newton? <laughs> anyway, Sir Isaac Newton. But it's a... Quick preamble to this. First of all, Arguably, the sir thing means nothing because I just found out that J- James Lipton is a sir. Really? So fuck it all. Okay. At this point, <laughs> no. he, he's the same as Elton John, which is the same as fucking yeah, everybody I, I, in Newton. I read recently that some British people have turned down the, the knighting, which I think is badass. Oh, that does happen quite a, quite a bit. There's not just there's various other honors below the knighthood. There's like uh, MBE, OBE, uh, which are all like different ranks below it. But people have in the past decline it because they don't agree with the honor system because it's it's a throwback to colonial times and it and right. you're sort of swearing allegiance to the crown and right it, right and so a lot of people particularly if you've got sort of left-wing leanings or for reason or for reason like um what i remember uh was it benjamin benjamin zeppanaya i can't remember how you pronounce his last name he's a Netanyahu? he's a black no he's a no. he's a black poet and he's a <laughs> sorry and he he turned Spike it down Lee? because it's a because it's a throwback to colonial times and okay. he's like oh my people were 
basically right, right, right. enslaved that, yeah, yeah. by the origins of this right. award. So people do turn down that kind of thing. I heard Keith Richards was making fun of Mick Jagger for accepting one. He's like, "What the fuck, man? We're the Rolling Stones. We don't like bow <laughs> yeah. down to the Queen." Like, and you're sort of yeah, right. you're sort of buying into a certain amount. Yeah, of- it's like weren't we kind of exiled from here at one point? And now we're fucking. What does it get you anything? I mean, no, it doesn't. Can you like not get parking tickets? It's or just, something? it's just an honor. It's just sort of a pat. It's like getting sort of like I can't remember what like the Medal Do of Honor or something. It's like what, or shaking hands with the president. Like when okay. you have to what kill you have dragons? To kill dragons? If uh, dragons show up, if Elton dragons John show up, then shows every, up. Every oh, night fuck. is yeah. If the dragons do come back, then yeah, it is your duty to do that. But <laughs> but normally it's like can you getting pull like a, a sword t- from the stone if if you get that. You have to. You, qual- do you, you have to, to qualify. Right. Yeah, in the first place. Wow. So that's how that's how you get it in the first place. It's kind of like a Disney ride now, though. It's not what it used to be. Like they yeah. just they. So Sir Russell Brand can do that. He can pull the. <laughs> yeah, he he can. Um. I mean, in his case, I think it's more of a metaphor. <laughs> Sir Russell Brand? Is he a knight? Russell no, Brand's no, a knight, not, right? I, I just imagine every English celebrity is a knight. They are, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Matt, are you a knight? I will be. <laughs> if, if this podcast goes as well as I expect it will. He's a secret knight. Then they can't not make me one. But yeah, Either so, way, so, so Isaac, so Isaac Newton, probably one of the... All those guys the, from Top Gear, they're all knights. So, so Isaac Newton, possibly the greatest scientist of all time. Uh, one of the smartest men ever. He, he, One sec. Mr. Bean? Knight? <laughs> uh, Rowan Atkinson, I wouldn't be surprised if Rowan Atkinson has some kind of honor, whether he's like an MBE or he's OBE. He's the shit. Fucking oh. love that guy. Because, yes, aren't some... Or he might have turned it down. Guys, he's the... Aren't some of them knighted? Is oh, one of those guys knight? denied it. They might well have, tu- they might well have turned it down. John Cleese is a knight. Seems like he should. One of them I... turned it down. I know that because he's like, I'm a fucking comedian. No. Like, that's crazy. I'm almost certain John Cleese is not a knight, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they turned it down. Okay, you look that up while I tell more about how Newton is awesome. So he's one of the guys that invented... I mean, most people agree he invented calculus. He happened to be working at the same time as this German scientist named Leibniz. Leibniz but, and they both they were contemporaries who weren't working together and kind of at the same time developed uh, the, the, the building blocks of, of calculus. And that's, that's incredible. This guy, he came across stuff that couldn't even be explained with, with current mathematics. So he invented a new kind of mathematics to explain the physics that he wanted to to study um so yeah one of the smartest guys ever and my family there was a story going around for a while started i believe by my dad's my grandmother on my dad's side um not started by her but there she used to say that we were descended from isaac newton which is a pretty fun thing to think when you're like a nerdy kid who doesn't have a lot of friends but you're like but i'm smart and you can be like yeah um, that's yeah we're descended from the smartest man who ever lived you know that's why that's why I don't have a date to uh to a fucking homecoming as a senior. Whatever. Um so that's so as you know, a as a nerdy kid without a lot of friends as opposed to an older person without a lot of friends. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's just funny because a few years back I finally decided to look this up. I just accepted it at face value. Like of course, of course. We're smart people. We're We've learned a lot about how accepting you are of like lies in your well, life. I think we <laughs> all accept podcast. we all accept lies that help that that reinforce your positive view of the world or of yourself. I think yeah, it's much you thought, to accept. You thought that one that, kid was an alf. No, no, no. I was I was I was the only person who was critical not critical, but I was asking him details about working on the show Alf, not to 
tear him down, but just because I wanted to know, and it came out that he was he was lying. So no, I, I was the one person who wasn't going through it. Everyone else was just blindly following this guy's okay, life. Okay, back to sorry. anyway. So Grandma has always said that, and it's kind of fun to think, yeah, smartest guy ever. He's he's our ancestor. Um, but turns out I looked it up, but yeah, he died childless. Nobody is descended from <laughs> Newton. Very easily disproven. <laughs> At best, I might share a great times twenty uncle yeah, with this was, guy. He, there was certainly years a possibility ago. that he was gay. There was he was he was, all, he was very likely had some he was somewhere on the autistic spectrum, and he like, had to have been. Um, I don't know why, but but yeah he he. he um, <laughs> but anyway, so he's mostly known for his scientific work, but uh, in recent years, some of his non-scientific, even theological works have have come out, and it's pretty interesting. Some of the stuff that he he had theories about. Uh, he was highly religious, as it turns out. And he was an extremely unorthodox Protestant who believed that the Holy Trinity was a fraud perpetrated by Catholics. He wrote far more on religion and biblical interpretation than on any natural sciences and mathematics for which he's best remembered. Yeah, this is the thing. He sort of he re- he revolutionized science and mathematics before he was thirty. Like before he hit thirty, all these guys. It's he, always before you get laid. He it's was like, always... by the time he was about twenty six, he'd already formed the um the the theories of mo- his his laws of motion, which basically stood unchallenged for until um till roughly around the time einstein came along and even still now einstein and quantum theory have taken over as as better theories you can still but use still new, you can still use laws to get to the moon like you don't need to use I- right Einstein's rules stuff, still apply it's just on different scales different things apply. yeah his stuff still holds pretty much true to to as close as you'd ever need Is unless it- you're traveling near the speed of Light, right. or you're right. as heavy as a star, is or, it, micros- or b- below microscopic, like the size of an atom. Newton's three law of planetary motions is that no, what it's it Kepler. was? Kepler. It. it was Kepler, but Kepler expla- Kepler explained mathematically what shape the planets were moving in. Newton was the one who then went, "These are the underlying laws. The this is why, why it happens." And then when he fed his his mathematical rules into the into what Kepler discovered, they're like, "Oh yeah, when you." His thing, like the the objects attracting each other in inverse proportion to the square of their distance, in proportion to their mass, and so on, and went, uh, and things move unchallenged unless a force is applied, and then the force is F equals ma. And right. when you plug all that in, then suddenly, oh, everything that moves in the universe that Kepler described comes out of these sort of three exactly. equations that Newton discovered. That's why and I... also optics. He like he made the first reflecting telescope, and he just he was an amazing genius beyond genius. Who then spent most of his life doing crazy shit? <laughs> like once he writing about yeah he he wrote about uh, over six decades he scrutinized the complex code underlying the images and numbers in the books of Daniel and Revelations. He wrote millions of millions of words trying to decipher them. Uh, like the majority of his contemporaries, Newton believed that the Revelations described in the Bible was the true history of the world. Nevertheless, it's remarkable that the founder of modern science was composing a brilliant brilliantly original treatise on the end of the world at exactly the same time in the mid-1680s that he was writing his great work, Principia Mathematica. Yeah. So he was, he, was one of, he's a, he would be a Ron Paul supporter today. Oh, I'm sure. He's exactly <laughs> who he would yeah, be. Yeah, he he's sort of a combination of, of sort of Einstein, Galileo, and then like David Icke. Like, yeah. he's sort of like lizard. Yeah. It's the lizard! Like, he, he, was, he was an alchemist. <laughs> He was like he, was, he would have been. He would have been the guy that tried to that, that Buzz Aldrin punched out. But he would have been smarter than Buzz. You know, he yeah. would have been. Wait, he was an alchemist. Like he was he, trying to create he was, gold. He was involved in alchemy. Uh, he also, I believe, uh, the the recent writings that have been released um, show that he predicted the end of the world for twenty sixty. Twenty sixty, it is. Yep. Yeah. Really. 
Now, what, why are these just... I don't understand. We just found, like, we looked in another cabinet. No, here's a bunch of stuff that Newton wrote. Actually, this has been out for a while, I believe. I think this article was dated, I think, 2003. Some of these things came out. I'm not sure how they came but to still, light. But still, that's 400 for, years after Newton. Right. Let me see if this article mentions... Well, we'd why. been busy. Yeah, been, 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 yeah. It was a slow Revolution, slaves. <laughs> Let's we finally get to this Newton story. Exactly. Okay, right. Newton's non-scientific papers were auctioned at Sotheby's in 1936, which resulted in them being scattered in collections across more than 20 countries. Uh, until the Newton Project began transcribing these papers, the vast bulk of his theological works had previously only been seen by a handful of privileged scholars. So maybe just someone got around to it. Someone's like, hey, what about if we read some more of the stuff that this brilliant guy yeah, wrote about? <laughs> well, maybe, like, maybe like, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there is a theory uh, that one of the reasons why he might have gotten a bit mad was mercury poisoning. Oh, totally. He had it, he used to experiment with mercury a lot. He was boiling vats of it on a regular basis. That's going to fucking make you crazy. Listen, I've, I've, if I ever have kids, I'm going to tell them, listen, I did experiment with boiling some mercury when I was a kid. We've all done it. We're all right. curious. Maybe what happened was learn from my mistakes. whoever inherited Newton's all his works and stuff, they, they obviously love Newton. They're like, okay, we're going to let people read these ones. And these ones we're not going to release. Right. Well, maybe the conspiracy uh, is like, that, was, that wasn't that was Newton. It was just like fan fiction spinoff from Newton. <laughs> I, can, I can do a Newton. Um, blah, blah, blah. Alchemy. I'm crazy. Isaac Newton. Greed. <laughs> shot first yeah <laughs> okay and also a little fact i'm sure you guys know this but uh matt like the reason there's a mad hatter in uh mercury yeah in alice in wonderland is because the the um milliners hatters who used to make like beaver pelts they would make those into top hats they would uh shape them using mercury they would make them really smooth by like moving mercury around and they'd all get mercury poison and go crazy thus mad hatters true and that. that's true that a little bit of science true that True that. True that. Um, Although I'm actually I'm looking on the Wikipedia page for hat making and searching for mercury and it's not coming up. But I, right. but it's that's a pocket. I don't know. Just I heard the record, it. by the way, <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, um, unless it's not in the article, Rowan Atkinson, no honor, um, uh, and the only one of the Pythons who seems to have initials after his name is Michael Palin. Huh, which Michael sort of Palin. suggests that the others would have turned it down because you'd have thought. I know one of them turned it down. For I'd, sure. I'd be amazed if someone of uh, John Cleese's status or Rowan Atkinson's status hadn't been offered. Some right. kind of honor, and I so they probably said no to it. Right? Was there some other work that Michael Palin did that they were trying to? He did <laughs> once pull a thorn out of the Queen's paw. Right. Uh, <laughs> that. that was a great Disney film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that'll do it for this episode. Augie, are you anywhere? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, we we should say as well. By the way, any again as always, we do try to hold ourselves vaguely to scientific ideals. If you have any corrections any mistakes we've made uh any uh clarifications on stuff we've discussed please do email in tweet in mm-hmm. find us on at yeah. probably science and probably science at gmail.com at probably science at on twitter probably science. do you have a twitter and a, i have uh, i have all that stuff i don't it's all it all sucks though it's august smith with two g's so if I'm, uh, a- I'm a live A-U-G-G. act. If you ever see me come to your town, go to that. So where are you? It's in the, the next only thing towns? that I do that I would tell people to. Go I, I saw Augie one time open up a brand new club. He was the first headlining comic, That's and right. it was like the most. Kansas it was City. 
It was really, it was like the best, I don't know, would you call your style ranting? It was like amazing. It was like, it's, it seems it's, like it's, it's very good. I take spawning you off. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I take you, you on a journey. Is what it's I did. great. Funny it was, uh, Kids, just lay back and uh, Aug will take you someplace. Yeah, I just moved yeah. out of Iowa and I saw Augie and it was very... And mild. now look at you. Yep. Now, now we're doing a podcast. You the beautiful hair. You're in Southern California. <laughs> Things are all working out. Drinking Tencent beers. Things are all working it's out. It's real good. Uh, we should also uh, uh, plug. Or can I firstly plug anyone in Denver, Colorado? I'm going to be there this coming weekend. Comedy by the time works. this comes out, I'm at the Comedy Works, which is a lovely club. My Wait, favorite what, club what in America. What day does this come out? So this come comes out, out on this Monday. This coming Monday, nineteenth. Uh, I think I'm in. I have no idea where I am. I think I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Okay. Do you have a Canadian following? I think oh, we have a Canadian following. You know what? Follows. We can actually look those numbers up. We have some tens we of have So some anyone in Canada, anyone in Calgary or, or even nearby at Edmonton, Alberta, take sure. a trip. Just yeah. get in, drive along. Go and see Ollie. Yeah. And, uh, you can catch Nickelback on the way down because they live in between those two cities. Ooh. Uh, and we should also plug uh, the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. The Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Bridgetown We're Comedy all going to be there. And it's going to be April 12th through the 15th in Portland. It's a lot of fun. You can go to BridgetownComedy.com to get tickets to that. And um, I think by the time this comes out, I hope I don't jinx it by saying it, we will have added. Uh, we're having John Glazer and the cast of Delocated, one of the funniest shows on TV right now, my favorite Adult Swim show right now, is going to be there. So, awesome. uh, among many others, including Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric, Marilyn Ricecub, Doug Benson, uh, Horatio Sands, tons. There's 230 comedians. It's kind of a crazy endeavor. But so, go yeah, to- anyone living within any kind of distance of Portland, make your way over there. Yes, it's worth doing. And also, I'll be at the Edgewater Casino in Laughlin, Nevada. If we have any Nevada listeners uh, this coming Saturday and Sunday with Art Krug, also very funny comedy really? from Portland. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. so come check it out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, keep keep on sciencing. I'll be drunk on my <laughs> roof all weekend. See you guys. <laughs> See you next week.